Welcome to Quick Hits, the only podcast that gets you smartenized. Today's episode brought to you by the letter L, the big L and the little L. Two brief opening notes here. First of all, this episode is probably not work safe unless you're listening on headphones. And secondly, my apologies for this being so late. Had a little bout of laryngitis and sounded like one of those 95-year-old women playing the nickel slots at Atlantic City. I really didn't think anybody would want to be listening to that. Libertarians spend an enormous amount of time and energy arguing about what kind of libertarian they are. Are you an anarcho-capitalist? A minarchist? A free market redistributionist? Perhaps a pinhead? That's the libertarian who spends all his time arguing about how many libertarians can dance on the head of a pin, which is about as productive as most of these conversations ever get. When discussing different flavors of libertarianism, there are only two differences that are important. The big L's and the small L's. Big L libertarians are folks who are really married to the dogma, and they want a 100% libertarian society. All roads should be privatized. All schools should be privatized. Everything should be exactly the way that the libertarians say that it should be. Now, I don't remember the title of the first book I ever read about libertarianism, but I do remember that the first chapter spent a considerable amount of time saying that utopia was not an option. Good point. But it seems to me that most of the big L libertarians are utopians. They want a 100% libertarian society. And we could argue whether that would be a good thing or a bad thing, but again, it's a waste of time because it's never going to happen. Small L libertarians, like myself, agree with 90-95% of the libertarian ideas and philosophies, but we're also pragmatic. We realize that you have to be able to sell your ideas to the general public. So even if it's a great idea that you can't sell, it's not going to happen. And also, in places where pure libertarianism simply wouldn't work, we're willing to compromise. And that, to the big L libertarians makes us horrible, evil, fake libertarians, libertarians in name only. And therefore, we are to be shunned and derided and made fun of and put down and called names. They'll call you a statist, which is the biggest insult you can give to a libertarian. It's like calling a democrat a capitalist. And as a result, the Libertarian Party hasn't really done much of anything in 40 years. They're just too busy comparing the size of their L's. Now let me give you a few specific examples of what we're talking about. One of the first subjects that comes up when you're discussing libertarianism is roads, and the big L's believe that all roads should be private. Now, I don't really see any practical way to do this. I certainly don't want to be popping a quarter in a chute at every street corner, having to worry about which way I go because which roads are owned by who. I don't think there is a practical way to do it. So me, small L libertarian, I'm perfectly willing to let the government do the roads. I don't have a problem with that. 
and therefore I am a traitor to the cause. Now one idea of the libertarians that I really like is the idea that every child deserves to go to a private school. Our government has done a really crappy job with public education. We spend ten to $15,000 a student, and the results are abysmal. We have every special interest group. We have parents that have wildly different ideas about how they want their kids taught, making demands, and the administrators and the teachers are trying to please them all. We have people coming out of high school that can't read, that can't write a coherent sentence, but we love our public education. Now, just as a thought experiment, imagine for a moment that the government announces that next year is the last year of any public grade school, elementary school, junior high, or high school. After next year, they're going to close them all down, fire all the teachers, get rid of the administrators, and auction off the buildings. What do you think would happen? My guess is that with a year's lead-up time, when it came time to enroll your kids in school, you would find that you now had a dozen choices. And some of them would be much better than what is available now. And of course, your property taxes would drop dramatically, so you'd have more money to spend. And you could pick all different kinds of schools. Oh yeah, we'd have some bad schools, but we have bad schools now. I think that with time to plan, with a year to plan, you would probably have far more schools to pick from. You wouldn't just have one school, that's where you send your kid, because this is where you live, that's it. You'd have a dozen different schools to pick from. There would be expensive schools, there would be cheap schools, there would be free schools that were put out by philanthropists and community groups. I really don't think that any child would be denied an education, and because there was competition, the schools would be good and would continue to get better. However, we love our public schools. I mean, when I suggested that we simply have school choice amongst public schools, I got a lot of email about that, and a lot of people thought it was a really bad idea. I don't know why people are so enthralled with today's system, considering what a poor job it does, but nonetheless, they are. And you're not going to be able to sell them on privatizing the entire school system. You can't do it. So it's a waste of time. The war on some drugs has cost us more freedom than anything else in this country, although the war on terror is rapidly catching up with it. If you had people standing on the street corners handing out free drugs of any kind and quantity to anybody that wanted them, you'd have far fewer problems than you do today. We have more of our population in prison, a higher percentage in prison than any other country in the world. Half of them are there for nonviolent drug crimes. And what's one of the biggest problems in prisons? Drugs. Yeah. The government can't even keep drugs out of their own prison. So even if they locked every one of us up, there would still be a drug problem. The Big L Libertarians would like anyone to be able to sell any drugs to anyone of any age, and that would solve the problem. Well, they got a point. But it's a point that you just can't sell. Now, I've been in libertarian forums and suggested, hey, look, we've lost our freedoms a step at a time, little steps at a time. Let's try and get them back that way. 
Maybe you could first push to allow marijuana to be sold over the counter to people that were 18 or older. And then, after that's been in place for a while, you could say, all right, the heavier drugs, the harder drugs, we let people get with a cheap and easy-to-get prescription. I got screamed at. I got yelled at. I got called a libertarian in name only, a statist, a fake, a fraud. No, no compromise will be allowed. In a perfect Big L libertarian world, you can set up a heroin vending machine across the street from an elementary school as long as you own the property. Do you think you'll ever, ever sell the general public on that? It's not going to happen. It's never, ever going to happen. So why waste your time? I really think if libertarians spent less time fighting over who had the biggest L... They might actually accomplish something. And I'm hoping that with the Free State Project, where libertarians are all moving to New Hampshire and trying to influence their local and state governments that way, that maybe they'll all learn to talk to each other and to get along with each other and not worry that this guy over here only agrees with 90% of the libertarian philosophy, and that guy over there is only 95%. And instead of screaming about them not being pure enough, about their L's not being big enough, maybe they'll learn to work together and actually accomplish something. Because they sure as hell haven't accomplished anything in the 40 years that they've been around. I have great hopes for the Free State Project. I have great doubts as well. I have very serious doubts as to whether it can actually work. But emotionally, I really want to see it succeed. But if you look at the history of political parties, if they don't come to power and actually start accomplishing something within three or four or five years of being formed, they never go anywhere. So I'm going to propose a new political party. One that we could start from scratch. One that will have broad appeal to all the Americans out there who are getting sick and tired of being told what to do, how to drive, what to eat, what to wear, what to watch, how violent their video games can be. All of those things that are annoying people, they can all get behind this party. It's the MYOB STFU party. The one guiding principle of it is Mind your own business, because as I've stated before, 90% of all the problems in the world are people minding other people's business. So the first thing that we do is we go after the organizations that are minding other people's business. For instance, the Center for Science and the Public Interest, they're now suing Kentucky Fried Chicken because they use too many trans fats. The big, horrible, scary thing that's going to kill us all. The appropriate response should be, mind your own business. And if the mind your own business part doesn't work, then we use the STFU. Mind your own business and shut the fuck up. Now, in the case of these nanny organizations, all we'd have to do is enforce existing laws and strip them of their nonprofit status for getting involved politically. The Democrats and Republicans don't have the balls to do that, but us, the MYOB party, oh yeah, we're right there. And on a personal level, we need to just get in the habit of saying this to anybody who starts spewing crap about how other people live. 
Gay marriage is an abomination. Are you gay? No. Then, M-Y-O-B. But it's against God's law. Shut the fuck up. But it's against... Shut the fuck up. You see, you just keep saying that over and over until eventually they shut the fuck up. Abortion is killing little babies. Are you ever going to have an abortion? No. Then mind your own business. But we need laws to protect the... Shut the fuck up. Secondhand smoke is terrible for you, especially in a bar. Oh, do you own a bar? No, but then shut the fuck up. It's none of your business. But what about the workers and the... Shut the fuck up. Now, you don't actually have to form a political party to do this. You can actually do this whenever anybody starts expounding to you. Just tell them, mind your own business, and shut the fuck up. It won't make you any friends, but who wants those kind of people for friends anyway? And that's it for this episode of the Quick Hits Podcast. If you've learned a little something, if you've changed your mind, or even if you can just understand a different point of view without necessarily agreeing with it, congratulations, you've been smartenized. The last show that I did was completely out of character. It was a completely different kind of show. It was uh, half an hour long, which is three times as long as these shows normally are. And I was a little bit uh, hesitant to put it out there. I had the idea to do it a while ago and just kind of put it off. And the response to it has been embarrassingly enthusiastic. I expected it would kind of be 50-50. Some people would say, nah, I don't like that. Go back to your old stuff. I even had one person tell me that they work with epidemiologists who don't know all that stuff, and he was going to have a meeting and make them listen to it. I thought that was really cool. I really do love hearing from folks, so send me an email. It's hitman at davehit.com. If you go to davehit.com, that's spelled with two T's, you'll find email links all over the place. They're also in the MP3 tags here. And you can call me at 206-203-4488 and leave a voicemail. That'll be emailed to me as an MP3 file. Make sure you leave some contact information if you do that. And I'm going to plug the podcast Peer Awards again because I think it's going to be the coolest thing out there. If you are a podcaster, stop on by, sign up. This is going to be the Academy Awards of Podcasting. And if you're not a podcaster, the site has been reworked recently. The Ugly has been surgically removed from it. And we now have a nominations page, which lists a lot of the people who are doing really well. And you will find lots of really great shows there that you haven't heard of before. Oh, one last thing on the Peer Awards. I do have a promo for it that I have played on this show once before. I remixed it a little bit, and I'm going to put it out in the feed as a separate piece. It's about a minute and a half file, uh, a little parody of a Dylan song. And I'll put that out in a couple of days because I've discovered that if you put out two things at the same time, the first one gets downloaded the normal amount and the second one only gets downloaded half as much. So in a couple of days, you'll see that, uh, that podcast peer promotion, say that three times faster than ice cubes in your mouth, coming down on this feed. As always, never forget that the Quick Hits Podcast is nothing more than a journal of one man's opinion and therefore should not be taken. 
too seriously. Seriously.